This is Dyes and UBX, the podcast, episode 251 for the week of March 13th, 2011. Hey there, welcome to Daizenshu EX. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daizenshu EX. Julian, finish it up. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball. In hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Isn't that right, my little girl? <laughs> she thinks so, too. Let's go around. Let's say who's here. Uh, my name is Mike Vegito EX. I'm the ringleader of this terrible circus right here across from me hey. on the shore microphone. Sure. Sure it is. <laughs> it's Mary. And I hear that people... Uh, have learned what the phrase ringleader means thanks yes. to this show. We are providing necessary services to non-English foreign speakers by just saying stupid things. And they pass tests. That's great. It's awesome. All right. Across from me, also here in New Jersey, Jeff, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, man? I am doing just fine. I'm here in my comfy chair. I don't know if you uh, had a chance to listen to the last episode or so, but uh, I mentioned that I, I'm done ahead of time with my notes. Everything's done. Jeff already has the manga and you get sick. And I get sick. It's my fault. So I apologize. How, wait, how's that your fault? <laughs> for being prepared. I, I said I was ready to go and you got sick. Man, that's just that's just wrong. I know. You can't so. do that to me. But welcome. Glad right, to well, have thank you here. You. Thank you. And across the internet, Julian, we are very, very, very glad to have you with us. So it's been crazy times over there. Yes. Um, it's basically wall-to-wall news coverage on TV right now. No Kai, no One Piece this right, week. Right, right. If people don't know what's going on, it I guess it's necessary to say that you're safe and things have been crazy and earthquake Yeah, so there was a major, major earthquake, something like magnitude 8.9 off the northeastern coast of Honshu a couple of days ago. Now, I live in Osaka, which is very, very far from there, so it's basically business as usual here. But it's very surreal because you just have all of these images of destruction and devastation on the TV at all times. Um, they're talking about 700 people dead, at least uh, several thousand missing. Um, in fact, one town is reporting that almost 10,000 people, or approximately half its population, is considered missing. Wow, jeez. Right yes. But, like I said, it's fine where I am, but we're all very concerned for the safety of the people in that area. My daughter thinks so, too. Well, we're uh, very glad to hear that you're okay. I know immediately lots of people are asking on Twitter and uh, emails and all sorts of stuff. So good to have you with us and that everything's all right. Well, thanks. So I guess uh, not to make light of all that, but we're going to do what we can to just charge on forward and do the show and do what we can on deck at this episode is a manga review of Awesomeness. We're up to volume 38. Can you believe it? A few volumes left in wow. the series. That's right. We're getting there. A few. A few. Closing in on that yes. end. So we're picking back up there. Uh, also, this episode, I just want to remind people that we are giving away Daisenshu number four for a contest. We'll be giving that away next week. If you haven't checked out the homepage of the site, all the details are up over there. And uh, if you don't visit the site, just listen to the podcast. Well, pay attention to the end of the show. We'll give you all the details there. There's so much stuff to cover. So we are just jumping into the news right now. Mary, take disappointing news number one, please. Sure. I love how you have to number them. Yes. That's a good sign. So, we've got some info about the Raging Blast 2 soundtrack, and the news comes from its cover art. Uh, while the cover art itself is pretty nifty, uh, it's titled Dragon Ball Raging Blast 2 Original Soundtrack Overseas Version. Now, Mike, why don't you tell us why this is significant? 
Uh, this is one of those things. We had a nice little expose that apparently the Raging Blast games over in Japan keep the Shunsuke Kikuchi original score from the DBZ TV series. I don't know how that flew by me, but apparently it did. So we got a replacement score in the games. All right, a soundtrack for Raging Blast 2 announced for Japan. Now we have the cover art that says it's the overseas version, which means that Japan is not even getting the primary soundtrack to their own game. They're getting the replacement soundtrack. Wow. Yep. That's harsh. I think the, I guess they're calling it the overseas version. I think it is available in their game as like a bonus unlockable. So it's, it's kind of there, but it's not their primary soundtrack. So what the hell do they care? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's pretty strange. It's pretty strange. So we'll leave that behind. That's coming out. Uh, geez, I think next week, the 23rd, Third. So it's, it's coming pretty soon. Uh, Julian, you actually mentioned this already, but Dream 9's canceled this weekend. Uh, yeah. So basically, since the earthquake has occurred, every single channel has preempted its normal programming schedule to bring you wall-to-wall news coverage constantly of everything that's happening. I, I know there's a lot of people who are still in dire straits right now, so I'm sure they would appreciate yeah, yeah. having this kind of information out there. And the cancellation is important, but I guess we'll get to that relatively soon uh one last bit before yeah. we get to the big news mary it's just a delay though right so uh it looks like funimation's delayed kai part five there's an update on right stuff that says the delay is going to be about a month pushing it to june 7th from its original right. date righto i mean they've had some delays lately dragon box 5 was delayed from february to april so by itself that's not necessarily a whole bunch of important i, I don't know but here's where the big thing comes in scandal of the decade really. i'm calling it yamagate 2011 <laughs> yeah, yamagate 2011 this is crazy Kenji Yamamoto, the composer for the Dragon Ball Kai TV series, is out. Now, we've talked about Kenji Yamamoto quite a bit in this sort of light as well. But jokingly. Jokingly, of course. He's been doing arrangements for the series. He's done vocal theme song arrangements and soundtracks to video games. He's been with the series just as long as almost anyone else involved with the franchise. He's been there. Think of a video game. He's probably done its soundtrack. In 2009, it was announced that he was going to do the score for Dragon Ball Kai. Great. Well, we've all been joking over the years that, well, some of the songs he's composed sound suspiciously like other things. Again, just giant scandal here. PDF posted on Toei site on March 9th, so just so recently. Um, Julian, I guess, could you read us what this PDF, this press release sort of thing said? The existence of multiple suspicious musical pieces which may infringe on the rights of third parties has been confirmed within the musical compositions recorded for Dragon Ball Kai, an animated television work produced by this firm. The relevant musical pieces are used as background music in Dragon Ball Kai, and measures are promptly being taken to replace the relevant musical pieces from the background music of Dragon Ball Kai. In addition, we are proceeding with a swift investigation of the facts and discussion of countermeasures with concerned parties in the near future. Wow. Never in a million years did we ever expect this to become anything other than just an ongoing joke in fandom. I'm kind of flabbergasted. And you never expected anyone was going to lose their job over... No, like, no. Oh, okay, the music sounds kind of similar. This <laughs> huge. So I guess let's talk about 
what are probably the two main offenders from the Kai soundtrack. Both of these were released on CD on Dragon Ball Kai soundtrack three and songs, which was the most recent one. I forget when it came out. I know Heath and I did a review on it. It's relatively recent in the grand scheme of things. It's the second most recent Kai CD. There's a track called the ebb and the flow, which is just the track war by James Horner from the Avatar score. And that's the James Cameron 3D Avatar, not Last Airbender. And then there's also a track, A New Foe Rears His Head, which is just the Terminator Salvation opening by Danny Elfman. Now, when these songs premiered in Dragon Ball Kai, people picked up on this immediately anyway. So this has been floating out there for a while. I'm pretty sure at least one of those tracks was when Trunks first showed up. So we're looking around like episode 55-ish. We're just about done. So it's... 40, 45, 50 episodes later, stuff is just now so, coming just out about this. Year. Almost a year Yeah, ago. yeah. It's yeah. been a while. Those are definitely the two main offenders. There may be more than this that we just don't know about. Something I've been saying recently is, how many more could there be that we just don't know about because the right person with the right musical background isn't also necessarily into the score of this series? Why are you eyeing me? I know. I love playing this stuff for you, Jeff. Because I'm like, oh, you know this Pink Floyd song? You know yeah, of course I do. Well, Listen if, to this. I was going to say, if you give me the soundtracks, I could probably pick out a couple oh, more for I, you. Oh, I'm sure you could. Now, we've talked about a lot of the old ripoffs over the years. I mean, back the earliest days of Vegito EX's homepage, I remember some stuff would come out and we'd mention it from time to time. There are some that were more homage. Definitely not just blatant plagiarism. Mary, one of your favorites right the movie seven closing yeah giri giri right the first time i got that fan sub i brought it home i watched the movie i watched the ending theme i'm like this sounds like something that i've heard before so i go i go yelling at my mom like mom what does this sound like i think we have this cd in our house she's like yeah this sounds like a led zeppelin song yep yep, it's immigrant song (laughs) now the thing is that one it's the ah it's and the a, da, 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 right, da, right. Da, da, da. It's got like that the kind of basic guitar riff to it. And it's got a yell, but the yells kind of go in different directions. So it's clearly they're playing with it. And that was just an arrangement that Yamamoto did. But then you get to some other stuff on the Dragon Ball Z three soundtrack. What we got is Budokai three. There's a song called Embracing the Blue Sky. It opens. I played this for you the other day, Mary. It's just journeys. Be good to yourself. It's just that song. But then it goes off in its own direction. And then also on the Budokai 1 and 2 soundtrack, there's a, a, a BGM called Time of Shutters. It's just got some fun allusions to um, Sabbath's Iron Man. I mean, it's not exactly that, but you can tell they're playing with it and having some fun with referencing other types of music. But then there's the blatant plagiarism. That's just... That is just that song. One of the first ones I ever noticed, totally on my own, and it was the most surreal experience like your own. I'm working at Blockbuster back in high school, a little bit early into college. We're closing up the shop one night, and the closing manager liked to put on concert DVDs, or VHSs, actually. We were still playing those back then. And he put on this um, Pink Floyd video. And I still just vividly remember stopping in my tracks, looking around and going, why is Cell's theme from Super Butoden 2 playing one of these days? It's just that song. And probably the most hilarious offender. And we continue to learn more about this one recently as people are significantly digging into the music. Mary, your boy Trunks, 
Battle Point Unlimited. Right. It's not just the murder of love by propaganda. It's mostly that song. But they also take elements from the song P Machinery and The Chase. All three of those songs on the same propaganda album. So, so at that point, it's definitely too much to be a coincidence. It's I'm, intentional. I'm impressed to some degree how he remixed <laughs> three songs from this 80s synth band into an entirely new song. And then some other ones that I know people have done some YouTube videos on that I was like, oh, I don't necessarily buy that. But then the video just keeps going. You go, oh, my God. From the, again, Budokai 1 and 2, DBZ 1 and 2 soundtrack, two tracks, Move Forward Fearlessly, and then the track name in Japanese, Cho Sen Shitachi. These are just the songs Glory of the World and Hunting High and Low from, is it Stratovarius? Stratovarius? I, I believe they're a Finnish metal band. Mary, driving <laughs> to dinner last night, we're trying to pull into the, I'm trying to pull into the parking lot. You're like, go back, go back, play that again. I want to hear this. I don't want to stop listening to this. <laughs> yeah, apparently I like Finnish metal. <laughs> Not surprised. Wasn't whatsoever. it creepy? It was really creepy. Because I know one of those Budokai songs you knew pretty well. And, and it's so weird. All right, so let's jump ahead to now again. Here we are, 2011. Kenji Yamamoto, totally out. Dragon Ball Kai is playing in repeats, um, some areas of Japan. And we got four new episodes still yet to air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not going to happen this weekend. So what's been going on with Dragon Ball Kai? Well, the only things that are there... Dragon Soul, the opening, Kokoro no Hane, the closing, the eye-catch music. Everything else in the rebroadcast Dragon Ball Kai is plucked from Shinsuke Kikuchi's score from DBZ. They've gone back to <laughs> DBZ's score, reinserted it into Kai. I wonder how long that took. Well, people are, I, I mean, we're getting some reports about some of the pieces being reinserted in use. It's not just what was in Z, they're doing their own new selections and people are like, uh, that doesn't fit that scene at all. So we have not yet gotten what would be the first new Kai episode with the Kikuchi score. I think we're all looking forward to some degree. How is this going to turn out? We've only got four episodes left. From my perspective, I kind of feel like... Why do they even bother? Just let it end. Can you imagine what letters they have right now that's forced them to this degree to just... This late in the game? That's it. You got to do it right now. I don't know. I mean, in some ways, since we've more or less known about this sort of thing for years, it's kind of funny that they're actually taking some kind of action now. <sighs> I mean, you'd think that at this point they were just letting him get by with no consequences, but maybe they really didn't Right, know. right. I mean, I've wondered that for years myself. Do, do they just not know or do they just not care? It's got to be one of those two. Was there any litigation at all from the parties that were, I guess, offended? I've never heard of anything, and I have to imagine we would have at this point. The only thing that I will toss out there is that the song Battle Point Unlimited, which was the insert song in Z120, Trunks... Uh, it's used twice in an episode with Trunks. That song was never re-released on another Dragon Ball compilation. Not on the four three-disc sets. Not on the 13-disc Chozenshu set. The only time it was, I guess, technically re-released was when they re-released all the hit song collections. So when Hit 6 came out again, it was on there. But it's never been repackaged on anything. So that's always made me wonder a little bit, do they know about that one? Because it's kind of weird for that one song to have never shown up again. Or they have really bad lawyers. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, the, the logic that I used at the time was that it, since it wasn't a vocal song, they couldn't include it on the complete song collection. Right, I right. mean, that is kind of stretching things, but since they 
didn't have a few of the other non-vocal songs. I assume that was probably what was going on. But then again, maybe some of the other instrumentals were also plagiarized, and they're just not well-known enough for people yeah, to Yeah, again, how do we know? I, I think it's almost impossible. Maybe even Yamamoto himself doesn't know. And perhaps that's the reason why his entire score has been tossed. So, like, we can't trust it at all. We can't trust him. We can't trust what he's produced. We can only guess at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm not understanding, the fact that mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything being... Um, said to Toei, they just suddenly put out this PDF saying we're yep. erasing the entire score. Yep. But they haven't said that anyone contacted them. It could have just been this was brewing for a while. But why Why right before the end of Kai, though? That really does not That's make sense. That's the thing. It's just terrible timing for everything all around. Actually, it's great timing if you think about it, because they could have done this during Dragon Ball or during like any time until just four episodes It could have been during any of the game releases. Wow, wow. It would have messed things up and now they're just using a convenient time to put it out. I've seen this comment out there too. I was mentioning when I was playing the Rage and Blast games, wouldn't it have been neat to use the Kai score? Like the Sparking games use the Kikuchi score, maybe Raging Blast would have been neat. Mimic the show, use the Kai score. Great thing they didn't, huh? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think we're going to get a product <laughs> recall here in the States? Well, that leads into, alright, Funimation just delayed part five. What does this mean for all of the international releases of Kai? It's airing on two channels here in North America. It's in China. It's in Mexico. It's, oh God, is it in Spain now? I can't remember how many places Kai's been licensed. It's about a dozen right now. It, it affects every bit of production of this show from the literal production to its final distribution. We're going to talk more about this probably next week when Heath and Corey are out here. We're going to do our What the Hell Just Happened to Kai episode and we'll tie in the music with uh, stats and figures and all that other jazz. So I think we'll leave this behind for now because it's just now breaking. And because of what's going on in Japan, I doubt we'll hear any more about this situation for quite some time, if ever at all again. I mean, I guess the only thing will be what happens to the Japanese home release and then the North American release. And we can just infer things from that. We can't do anything until then. So let's jump over to the manga. All right. For those of you folks who have never joined us for a manga review of awesomeness jeff which you named because we couldn't come up with anything at all (laughs) they're pretty darn late at this point (laughs) we should rename it for number 42 (laughs) rebranded awesomeness (laughs) like a random name change i don't know awesomeness has been going far ever since i I know uh, i know brought it up here what we wanted to do was do something that fans of all types could jump in from the beginning and follow along with a sort of timeless section so every month what we try to do and it's not well, like every other delayed, month at this point. Is go through a volume of the manga. We give you a recap of what happens, and then we go around and get the discussion. We've got folks like Julian. He's read it front to back in English and Japanese. We've got folks like me who've read it in entirely in English and looked at the pretty pictures in Japanese. We've got Mary, longtime fan, read a good portion of the manga. And now you kind of read, especially the Boo arc. I don't think you've read this before. I think I've read chunks of it. Okay. This is the part that you and I are definitely the least familiar with in the manga anyway. And then we've got Jeff over here. Never read the manga before. Nope. Knew some parts of the series from fan subs and such. That's done now. Long past. Yep. So we love getting the new perspective from you over there. 
So a recap of what we're covering. This is chapters 446 through 459. Of course, that's Tonkobo number 38. If you're following along with the Kanzenban release, it's a ways into number 30 and about halfway into number 31. Over on the English side, that's Viz Graphic Novel for DBZ number 22. And the Viz Big, it's in... Was it the first one in number HF? Yeah. you're the last one who read it. Yeah, it was the first one. First yeah, one? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, it. We're going to do our recap of stuff. Um, Let's start with the guy in Japan, Julian, 446. Chapter 446. Everyone flies off in pursuit of Spopovich and Yamu. Their goal is to stop the resurrection of Majin Buu. Goku wonders if this Babidi guy is strong. Kaioshin says he's not, but he's a powerful magician that can take advantage of the evil within people, so hopefully he doesn't have anyone else on his side. This still doesn't explain why they had to let them steal Gohan's energy. They had been looking for Babidi's hideout here on Earth, but they couldn't find it, so in order to follow them to the source, they had to let the energy be stolen. Meanwhile, Videl is having trouble keeping up, so she ultimately decides to head back, but not before finally realizing and confirming with Gohan that it was all of these guys who actually took down Cell seven years ago. With Videl gone, everyone can push their speed up. Spopovich and Yamu arrive at a spot that Kaioshin and Kibito had searched before, but it looks like the hideout is underground. They hide and watch, since Majin Buu won't be resurrected inside, probably destroying the place in the process. One weird-looking dude receives the duo outside, but then two other beings step out. An enormous demon-looking guy and a tiny, wrinkly thing. I'll keep you going. Chapter 447. Kaioshin never expected to see Dabra, the big one, here with Babidi. This is bad. He's the king of the entire demon realm. It's not that Babidi overpowers them, but rather controls them via the evil in their hearts. Vegeta wonders if Kaioshin thinks they can't beat them or something, which gets a dot 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 sweat response in return. As Goku tells Kudadin to head back, Babidi thanks the minions for the energy, but has has no use for them anymore. Spopovich begins growing to a grotesque size and explodes. Yamu flies off to escape, but Pui Pui, the other minion, fires and kills him. Dabra can sense the seven of them hiding away up there, and three of them have great energy potential. Babidi wants to lure them into the ship, so he orders Dabra to kill the weaklings, save Kaioshin for later, and lure the rest inside. Babidi brings Pui Pui inside along with him to handle stage one, and Dabra attacks. Jeff, keep it going. Chapter 448. Dabra flies in, stops in front of Kibito with an open palm, and blasts him to smithereens. Next up, he spits on Piccolo and Kuridin, which turns them into stone. Kaioshin says the only way to turn them back is to kill Dabra, and they'll never be able to turn back if they break. Goku smirks and says this will be easy. He blasts off to follow Dabra, who is heading back to the ship. Gohan and Vegeta follow him down into an empty room. Kaioshin is forced to follow them now, too. Babidi sends Pui Pui in to take care of them. Babidi's on the bottom floor, but they'll never get that far. Goku disagrees. Chapter 449. Babidi pops in the energy, and it's about half of what they need. He wouldn't have killed the minions if he knew how they could collect so much so fast. Him and Dabra head into a room to watch the fight via Crystal Ball, but the fight hasn't even started yet. Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta are doing rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to fight Pui Pui. Kaioshin's still freaking out over how they don't seem to be taking this seriously at all, and Pui Pui is just as arrogant as before. Vegeta wins the game. He's up first. Any damage he takes will go to resurrecting Boo, so he just won't get hurt. Pui Pui attacks, but Vegeta just calmly blocks and blasts the poor fool away. Babidi doesn't get it. Wasn't Pui Pui some champion somewhere with his special para para rappa parappa rappa magical teleportation? They teleport the fight to Pui Pui's home planet, where the gravity is ten times that of Earth's. 
Pui Pui will win for sure. Vegeta says this is nothing, rushes in and blows Pui Pui completely away into nothingness with one shot. Yay! An elevator opens up. Everyone heads down to the next stage. Bobbity says there wasn't anyone like this 300 years ago when he first checked out the Earth. Dabra says if the worst comes to worst, he's there to fight. Julian 450. Chapter 450. Babidi decides that Yakon will be the next one to fight. Vegeta wants to destroy everything here, but Kaioshin worries that that will awaken Majin Buu. Whatever, they can't all be that strong. Even Dabra would be a pushover. Goku confirms this, saying the way they are now, it would be fine. Dabra seems about as strong as this guy named Cell from a while back. As Kaioshin remains dumbfounded by all these statements, Goku gets anxious about his fight. A giant monster comes out ready to eat everyone. Kaioshin recognizes it as Yakon, who takes a swipe at Goku. Gohan says his dad will be fine by himself, though. Babidi transports them to the dark planet where Yakon can see, but no one else can. Goku can still dodge everything due to his awesomeness, and then turns into a Super Saiyajin to bring out some light. Chapter 451. Babidi gets a power meter and reads Goku at 3000 Kidi, which is just crazy. Even Yakon's max is 800. Yakon pulls a Kirby and sucks the Super Saiyan train transformation right off of Goku. He eats light, so the transformation was perfect for him. Gohan wants to jump in so his dad doesn't have to transform, but Goku goes on ahead and transforms anyway. As Yakon is eating it up, Goku explodes with more light, and Yakon is exploded from the overwhelming energy. As they head down to the next level, Vegeta notes that Goku has also surpassed the Super Saiyan level. Babidi's starting to get worried. Dabber is going to take them on next, but he's the last weapon Babidi has, so it better work out. Chapter 452 Goku asks if Gohan's been keeping up with his training. Vegeta says he used the peaceful times to slack off, so they're both stronger than Gohan is now. Dabra walks out and tells them all to take him on. Gohan wants his own turn though, so he'll fight alone. Meanwhile, back at the Tenkaichi Budokai, the announcer and organizers have no idea what to do since it's been about an hour since so many of the competitors left. Mr. Satan says the audience really just came to see him, so why not have a battle royale and show off? Everyone can fight at once. Of course, the other competitors will probably gang up on him since he's the champion, and that's exactly what Killa suggests to Mighty Mask, who's really Goten and Trunks, but their only concern is 18. As the fight begins, Mighty Mask and 18 immediately kick Killa and Jewel out of the ring, leaving just them and Mr. Satan, who assumes those other two ran off in fear of him. 18 can tell this weirdo has some power. 18 and Mighty Mask stare each other down across the ring as Mr. Satan acts his usual self. I love how you're saying Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. That's what came to mind. It's great. Mary 453. I'm going to break consistency. <laughs> Mr. Saiyan is convinced he's going to win. He'll take out Mighty Mask first, and then 18 will be so scared that he'll walk her out of the ring like a gentleman. Yeah, that's the ticket. Mr. Saiyan rolls in for a punch, but the kids and 18 are already fighting each other. They jump into the sky and continue the fight while flying. The kids are doing okay, but they're a little hindered by being stuck together like this. They should go Super Saiyan for a power boost at the very least. As soon as they do that, 18 finally realizes who that is in there. The kids fire a giant key blast, which she dodges, but it blows up a whole bunch of stuff in the distance. She needs to end this now, so she fires a Kienzon-esque blast to cut the kids apart from each other. No teams allowed! Mighty Mask is disqualified. It's down to just 18 and Mr. Satan now. Julian 454. Chapter 454. Mr. Satan knows there's no way in hell he can win this. 
Goten and Trunks off in the distance see Videl flying back and get the whole story from her. Up in the crowds, everyone's congratulating Maron because they're going to be rich. Number 18 rushes in and puts Mr. Satan in a headlock. She's willing to throw the fight for 20 million zenny, 10 million more than the grand prize for the tournament. He eventually agrees, so she fakes being thrown aside. He shows off some moves and then runs in with his Satan Miracle Special Ultra Super Megatron Punch, which doesn't do anything to her. She asks if that's all he's got. It is. So she jumps herself out of the ring. Mr. Satan, the savior of the world, is still the champion. Yay! Now that the kids have heard everything, they can't help themselves. They're gonna go check it all out. Yeah! They want to see the bad guys. They explode into Super Saiyans and fly off to see what's up. Chapter 455. Gohan and Dabra's fight is underway. Gohan is having a bit of trouble keeping up, though, and swipes at some afterimages. He then gets blasted underwater and rips some of his outfit off. Vegeta says that Gohan shouldn't be having this much trouble with him. Even Goku thinks that Gohan is really slacked off. Gohan's glove gets spat on, but he gets rid of it before it turns him to stone. Dabra jumps in to attack with a sword, which Gohan manages to catch and break. It's not enough energy, though. Dabra needs to hurt them more. Vegeta is getting utterly impatient here. He doesn't care about any of this and only came to fight Goku at the tournament. Dabra perks up when he hears this and tells Babidi to bring them back to the ship. Inside, Dabra departs. Gohan thinks he's running away, but says he's found the perfect fighter for them. With his evil heart, they will be turned against each other and fight to contribute energy to resurrecting Majin Buu. Chapter 456. Only Kaioshin seems to understand what Dabra meant. Babidi looks in on Vegeta from his crystal ball. This will be perfect. Vegeta grabs his head in pain and explodes into a Super Saiyan. Kaioshin says that Babidi is trying to take over his mind, so clear his thought. Vegeta refuses to be ordered around, though, and raises his head back up with a grin, also with an M on his forehead. Babidi knows the perfect place for them to fight. He teleports them all back to the Tenkaichi Budokai ring. As Mr. Satan tries to explain that the tournament is over, Babidi tells Vegeta to collect their energy and kill them if he wants. Vegeta retorts that he doesn't care about that. Kakarot is his only concern. Amazingly, Babidi hasn't fully taken over Vegeta, but he certainly pumped him up. As Mr. Satan realizes this is the group from back at the Cell game, Vegeta raises a hand and blows a section of the audience away with a giant blast. This means business. Chapter 457. Vegeta demands that Goku fight him right here, right now, and blows up another section of the audience. Goku turns into a Super Saiyan and asks if Vegeta let himself be taken over just so that he could fight. Vegeta says that after today, Goku will be gone forever, so this was the only opportunity he had. He's the prince! He's been so far outclassed. His life was even saved. This will just not do. Goku demands for Babidi to transport them somewhere that has no people around to get hurt. Kaioshin tries to get in the way, but Goku's determined to fight. Babidi transports them off. Kaioshin will let them fight, but he and Gohan will try and stop Buu's resurrection anyway. Even if he comes back, at least they can stop him before he's at full power from this fight. Babidi tells Vegeta to kill them before they leave, but Vegeta resists. Chapter 458. Vegeta continues to resist, saying that even if his body and soul are taken over, his pride will not. Dabra and Babidi open up the passageway down to Buu, so Kaioshin and Gohan don't destroy the ship and awaken him before he's ready. Before they take off, Goku gives Gohan one of the last Senzu, telling him to bring out that power back from when he fought Cell. He can't lose that way. As they head down, they are greeted by Dabra and Babidi. Kaioshin says he will take Babidi. Goku says he will end this quickly so he doesn't contribute to Buu's energy and transforms into the stage beyond Super Saiyan, the same as Gohan did at the Cell game. Vegeta is impressed 
saying Goku is stronger than Gohan and transforms the same way. This definitely isn't going to be a quick fight. The two constantly trade attacks back and forth, ending on two shots of them both smiling. Last chapter of this volume, 459. Babidi doesn't want Boo awakening down here and destroying the ship, so he teleports them up outside. Gohan thinks about how he needs to get angry, but before he can do anything, Boo's energy meter is beeping. He's already at full power. The fight with Vegeta and Goku must be incredible at the levels they're at. The two are still training attacks, which Goten and Trunks can now sense. They'll never catch up at this speed, though. Goku says that Vegeta's definitely as strong as he is, so he must have trained even harder than he did in the afterlife. Vegeta says that no, he didn't. Goku is far more gifted than he is, so he needed something extra to boost him up there. He heard the other competitors at the tournament say how Babidi's other minions were far stronger than they were before, so he let himself get taken over to close the gap in power. He wanted to return to the way he used to be, a ruthless killer. He had gotten so comfortable on Earth with even a family, so he wanted to be evil and powerful again. Vegeta says he finally is. Goku wonders if that's true though. Boo's giant egg is now bursting. We will now check in. Jeff, your predictions from last time on the manga. Yes. May yes. I? Wrong, 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 <laughs> wrong. You got a couple things right. Are you really? I can't find anything. I no, can't no. find anything right. You said the trip to Babidi is going to get interrupted. Uh, no, they mostly got there. Mostly got there, yes. Yeah, other things are interrupted. Yeah, yeah. We're going to hear a lot of talk about how powerful these things are. Maybe they're going to travel dimensions. Where the hell are they? Where's Boo? You didn't know where things were. Well, they're out somewhere, but by the looks of the dead farmers that were in one of the panels, they're still on Earth in <laughs> right, the same right. dimension. I mean, we did have some transporting around. Babidi's transporting, teleporting them to different places to fight. Maybe a little bit. A little bit of that. You said we're not going to meet Babidi or Boo. Well, half right. All right. Half, half and half right, there. Yeah. Haven't met Boo yet. We're going to meet a related character, though. Maybe an in-between someone. You said there's still a few volumes to go, so this one's not going to have a whole lot of fighting, just meeting and exposition. The, the usual pre-battle stuff that you really like so much. All right, we had a couple in-betweens here. I, I think the most significant in-between was Dabra, but we did have Pui Pui and Yakone as well. And I so. guess we'll, we'll be talking about the pacing later on to really yeah, sort of yeah. clarify on that, because it's sort definitely. of half and half true. So, uh... That was what you said. Oh, you said no one's going to die in next volume. Except the audience. <laughs> right. Yeah, the audience. So and, you are uh, quite wrong. Yeah. Lots of lots people of are people dead. Died. <laughs> lots and lots of people. Maybe I should have said main characters or something, <laughs> okay. you know. Technicality there. Definitely <laughs> right. prediction. So the first question I have for you is something that Goku kind of hints at himself. Jeff, I'm going to ask you, do you believe what Vegeta says at the end of this volume? What? That um, he uh, just wanted to have this opportunity to fight? Gohan or Goku rather he definitely wanted that but he's saying no I've become so comfortable on earth I wanted to return to how I used to be and when we first met Vegeta all he wanted to do was show his superiority and just kill yeah do you believe that he truly wants to go back to that uh, I think he's under a little bit of influence from Bobbity okay so I don't think that's totally his uh his uh, uh ambition I think that's the quote-unquote evil that was pulled out of him sure sure that wants him to go back to that lifestyle and so he's kind of like the evil's convincing him that that's what he wants but okay. he would not have had a kid if he didn't really want that if he didn't really want that exactly like uh I think you honed in on what's probably the most important part there Goku is only back for a day this is it yeah it's all he's got right I mean, and that's it like that he's just waiting for the one day that he's leaving and well, okay. well the rule is he can only come back to the living world for 24 hours. Well, I mean, in Vegeta's sake, it's like he wanted to fight Goku and then just leave. Yeah. Just yeah. like be gone. 
you know, whatever. I, I think that's BS. I really don't think that's true at all. In his normal state of things, he's fine with that. But I think under Majin's influence, okay. uh, that's just what happens to him. I guess Mary and Julian, for folks who know where the story's going and what's going to happen, what's going to be said, without ruining it for Jeff, do you guys believe Vegeta at this point? Mm. I've never really thought about it before. To okay. be honest, uh, I guess so. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. <laughs> Very noncommittal. Julian, <laughs> yes. what about you? I, I guess more just your take on Vegeta here. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think part of it is his indignation at Goku that never really got resolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think... In a way, he's almost frustrated at himself. Mm. He's gotten used to domestic life, but there's part of him that feels like it's not right for him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, now, wh whether that's significant motivation for the character to actually throw away that part of himself, that's debatable. Sure, sure. But um, we'll see where he... Toriyama goes with this in the next vlog. <laughs> That's right. I guess we'll just have to sit tight on that one. Jeff, um, you were talking about pacing stuff. Uh, before we get to the progression of the minions, what do you think about the dynamic of the kids with number 18 and Mr. Satan versus all the normal story stuff going on? Kind of the plot stuff. Is that a nice little get away for a little bit? I guess. Right, because it wasn't um it wasn't like if we had a volume full of all the stuff that was going on over there, we wouldn't have a sense as to how time was being used. Yeah, yeah. Elsewhere. Like, the big question was what was going to happen with they all the They have to resolve it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Something everyone left. So what happens? Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Okay. And okay. of course, you know, the announcer is like the coolest character. Yeah, you've said that <laughs> so. before. Mary, um, you're a big fan of the kids. So is, is it good to come back to them and see um, what they're doing? In this section, I'm more of a fan of 18. Oh, really? Because I love how she blackmails Mr. Yeah. Satan. Totally good stuff. She's just so cool. And Julian, you're the big <laughs> Mr. Satan fan here. So what's your take on what he's going through? So I'd say it's a little bit of existential angst and <laughs> being like, okay, these people are way more powerful than me. Are they connected to those people before? They are, aren't they? Well, that explains it. <laughs> Do you think he's finally coming to grips with what has been happening? Maybe a little bit. I think there was a part of him that refused to actually believe yeah, yeah. what had happened. Julian, let me ask you, do you think Mr. Satan has convinced himself that he's the one who defeated Cell? There, there's certainly hints of that, and at least even though he knows that that's not really true, it's part of his persona so much that he's sort of halfway believing it now. Yeah, yeah. But this makes him have to confront the fact that that's not really it's not true. the case. Yeah. All right, let's go back to those minions then. Jeff, we've gone through... I mean, we saw Spopovich and Yama get killed at the beginning. They didn't really do a whole lot. They stole some energy. They're dead on arrival here. So we went through Pui Pui, we went through Yakon, and we've got... Dabra fighting a little bit and then he went back inside. Yeah. Too much, too little, a right amount of an appropriate amount of time with the three of them. What Two do you think? video game. Yeah, yeah. Two video game. I mean that especially um I forget which chapter it was, but um there's that picture right before the chapter starts where it's like the map of the ship. Yes, yes. And it was like stage one, stage two, and I said, Okay, this is this is overboard. Yeah, yeah. Because we but had that you great, dislike that. I, I dislike it honestly, because okay. um we had that great discussion last time, which was uh about how these characters were more magic or metaphysical yes, than yes. sci fi and going back to this, it's just pure sci fi again. Mm. So it's kinda like I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed that it wasn't more magical, I guess. It's just too simple of a progression through them. It is. I mean, it's like uh, yet another tournament going on in addition to the tournament. Right. I mean, that there's some interesting juxtaposition going on, I guess, mm. in the literature of it, but not really. I mean, that's that's not a major facet of this. It just goes kind of goes back to formula, which is a a, a bit disappointing because this could have been a, a little bit different than that. Mary, did you care about any of the characters there? We've got Pui Pui and Yakon. They interesting it was, at all? Uh, 
There was one aspect of one of them that I did like, and that was the whole absorbing eating light. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a An eat spin. probably the only clever thing about any of them. Okay. And then how it was backfired on him. Yeah, that yeah. was really fun. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with yeah. Jeff just about the stages. And it's just so literal. Stage one, stage two, fight, go. At least they have a kind of interesting character designs. They're kind of ugly. Yeah, yeah. They're ugly monsters. And there was a break in the in the action too, you know, because uh, Vegeta and Goku go off and fight. Right, right. So it wasn't strictly, you know, st- like a, uh, you know, A to B Well, the title is they got to, I, I guess you would call Dabra the, the sub-boss because Boo is going to be the, the real boss and Bobbity's kind of like pulling the strings. So right. they didn't quite get to the end of what this was going to be. They got distracted and they went off and did the road thing. Julian, what do you think about that? What do you think about this entire progression being interrupted? Well, I, I think in a way he plays with people's expectations. He sets up another tournament style thing, but in the end it goes off track. Yeah, yeah. It goes in an unexpected direction. And I think if we were all reading this for the first time, we might think of it as a little bit more novel than it appears now since most of us are familiar with the story right right and how toriyama writes but i i think at this point though it's clear he's writing by the seat of his pants yes yes well has this happened before where it's gone into that many sort of curveballs in one go you know i mean the entire cell arc is fights being interrupted and then we're gonna wait for a while and then reconvene and it's just a game to 17 and 18 anyway right so I, i think there was a bit of that before i think we were okay with it then too yeah yeah and i think that's what Julian's getting at here, mm-hmm. where it, had we not read that stuff before, this would be more novel. Makes sense. Yes. Well, maybe I should rephrase that. Maybe he's not playing with our expectations so much as playing with his own expectations because he sets up a tournament arc and then realizes, okay, this is too much. How do I write myself out of this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's no way that Boo can be written into the tournament. I mean, that's just not going to work. So he's got to go somewhere else and do it. Mary, I like you're talking about it. He's clearly writing by the seat of his points at this point. Seat of his points? Seat of his points, seat of his pants. <laughs> Thank you. But I like that about this arc. It's impressive that he's able to mostly carry it off. I think you mentioned it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. He's got so much stuff going on, and Julian mentioned it too. What do I do now? And I, right. I think this is not the first time we're going to see it in this arc, but it's a clear indication of where this arc is heading. Well, I think uh, for a person writing from the seat of their pants, um, there's not anywhere near as much deus ex machina as there usually is. Okay. That's when you can really tell, where it's just like, oh, coincidentally, be. this happens. You know, I don't think right now, anyway, there's much of that. So it, it, if he's exactly sort of like writing it as they're pressuring him, I'm not noticing it that much. When we get to my namesake, there will be one of the best examples of that ever. Oh, lovely. The why? Because it's magic. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we will get to that soon <laughs> enough. I don't know that I have a whole lot else to talk about with this volume. I feel like we, we cruise through so much stuff. The new characters are kind of irrelevant. I have something. All right. I thought I predicted this last time, but I guess I didn't. I thought I was saying that Videl was not going to be included in this. Or no, I was, I didn't predict it. I kind of said that she, that she really is either not going to take part or is not going to be there. I think I might've even said that the volume before this one. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have to go back and check. Well, then, what do you think? She's kind of being excluded, though she went to all this effort of learning to fly and key control. Yeah, but I think at this point, she's like, It's Toriyama. She's a woman. Can't do shit. Well, I don't know if it's that or just that she's human. Yeah. Well, I guess we get 18 in there. She's doing some stuff. Yeah. She's blackmailing. Right. He's so sexist. This one can't do anything, (laughs) and this one just wants money. Right. I love it. Of course, Bulma's like, 
You guys are going to be rich. <laughs> or was that Chi-Chi? No, that was Chi-Chi saying that. Never mind. I think everyone was saying it. Yeah, that's kind of true, too. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Anyone else have anything about this volume? I... The the pacing, um, at least each individual chapter has less happen at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if the chapters actually have f- fewer pages, but there are definitely more chapters. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. In, yeah. the, in the last few volumes of the manga. It feels longer because it is longer. But at the same time, it's not exactly faster paced or slower paced, but it kind of cruises along in its own pace. Yeah, yeah. Alright, I, I guess we'll wrap up this volume with some of the visitisms. Our buddy Jake from Constantine Herms. Alright, so first visitism, name change. Pui Pui to Pocus. So in keeping with the magic theme of Bobby D and his group, Pui Pui comes from Chichin Pui Pui, a Japanese good luck charm that mothers, nurses, and the like use when children hurt themselves. To make kids feel better, they chant Chichin Pui Pui, itai no itai no tondeke, or Chichin Pui Pui, pain, pain, fly away. It's supposed to be similar to saying, let me kiss it to make it stop hurting. It's also used as a magic chant in ninja shows and Arabian Nights themed shows aimed at children. Viz presumably wanted to use a magic phrase that would be more familiar to English-speaking audiences, so Pocus obviously comes from Hocus Pocus. Now, Julian, that's a name change, but then there's a very similar one, Yakon, that they did not change. Yes, Yakon. So Yakon's name comes from Tekumaku Mayakon, the magical chant from the 1960s shoujo anime Himitsu no Akko-chan. The phrase is actually short for Technical Magic My Compact, and the show's heroine uses it together with a magical compact mirror to transform. Despite the fact that Yakon's na- name pun is at least as obscure to an English-speaking audience as Pui Pui's, Viz just leaves his name as is. I guess they couldn't think of anything clever to change it to. We mentioned at this point, Viz is too clever for their own good. And I think this is an example of they realized they couldn't be clever, so they just didn't. That's it. What do you think about that, Jeff? Name changes? Are you cool with them? Well, some yes, some no. All and right. you know the major offenders, of course. I yeah, kind yeah. of agree. I mostly agree with you on a lot of those. I think it was, Julian, what were the, the hick names? Was it Ikose and what's the other one? Idasa. Yeah, they changed one of them and then not the other in that case, too. Yes, so one of them is Dasai, or it comes from Dasai, which means uncool, unhip. Right, right. Um, unstylish. And I forget what Sekoi means right now. There we go. Sekoi, petty, small-minded, yeah, cheap. Yeah. This is another case where they do one of the two, not the others. All right, so let's move on. Jeff, this is just easy, simple one. Yeah, you give me the, the yeah, typography one. <laughs> I'm not going to let you talk Japanese. Right. <laughs> well, no, still, I'm graphic designer. You give me typography. I love it. Yes. All right. Well, in Japanese, uh, Babidi talks in an unusual font, one thinner and scratchier than normal, but this isn't reflected in the Fizz version. I think that sucks. I think that's a, a neat little extra thing that's there that wasn't carried over. So It's a nice way to visualize the voice. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Mary, something about Dabra. All right, so his home world is Makai, literally demon world, a term that pops up in a lot of uh, manga, anime, video games. Yeah, yeah. This translates it as a demon plane, the same translation they used with Yu Yu Hakusho. I'd assume they use the word plane and not world to emphasize that the place is more like an alternate dimension than a real planet. Steve Simmons uses uh, demon realm for the same reason. In Japanese, Kaioshin also refers to the same place as Ankoku Makai, the dark demon world, and in volume 40, Enma Dayo calls it the Akumakai, devil world. But all these alternate names are ignored in Viz, and it's just called demon plane throughout. So they just toss it out. They're like, we're just gonna call it the one thing. Now, going 
going back to Pui Pui, we have an example of what might be censoring, but probably not just because of what they do. So you can originally see Pui Pui's face screaming as he's blown away, but in Viz, this gets covered up by the boom sound effect. I guess you can still see his eye and his upper lip inside the second O. I'd have to go back and look at that. But without the rest of the face, you can't really tell that it's what it's supposed to be. So like Jake says, it's probably just accidentally being covered up. But Well, this brings up a good point. This volume is certainly much gorier than... You uh, think? Even uh, with I guess those we've got Spopovich and Yamu being exploded. There's half the a woman uh, in that panel I was telling you uh-huh. about, the three farmers. There was, oh. There's a kid, a, a woman, and a man, and the woman is missing her lower torso. I'd have to go back and look at and that. And her I entrails totally are there. Like in very cartoonish, like Mad Magazine type of style, they're you know, just very quick drawn. But yeah, I'm yeah. serious, it looks really huh. gory in a couple of panels in this one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. More language stuff, Jeff. Well, when Trunks tells Goten to go... Even in Japanese, this is written out in alphabet letters. Viz simply had to remove the furigana. Hmm. So Jake tossed in a couple last things about strength, and you know how much I don't care about this stuff. But in the interest of actually covering everything, we'll at least toss it out there. So I'll just cruise through these real quick. First, when Kaioshin is explaining to Goku and everyone about how Dabra is the strongest in the demon world, he originally notes that, quote, one of you guys is probably number one in this world. But in Viz, he simply says that, quote, you may be the strongest in this world. And since Goku is the only one visible in the panel... Makes it seem like Kaioshin is talking to directly Goku and calling him the strongest, as opposed to the original. He's just talking to everyone in the room there. And the other thing here, Invis Babidi calls Pui Pui the, quote, champion of some world, implying that he's the strongest on his home planet, Zune. Originally, Babidi just asks Dabra where Pui Pui would have an advantage, and Dabra suggests Zune. Finally, when Goku powers up to fight Vegeta, Vegeta notes that he is stronger than Gohan was, quote, back then, presumably meaning back at the Cell Games. Qualifiers left out in Viz, making it sound like Goku is just stronger than present-day Gohan, which is something that's already been said. They mentioned that quite a few times. So we'll close it up. Jeff. Do you have any predictions for next volume of the manga? Yeah, I kind of do. All right. What do you got? All right. Well, I'm familiar with the sci-fi dealings with eggs. All right. <laughs> and things coming out of eggs. And yes. I find, if I know Toriyama as, as well as I kind of think I do at this point, All right. the, the thing that's coming out of that egg is not going to be a giant killing machine. It's going to be something that's like way too immature to know what it really is. All right. All right, because that, that's how you prolong a storyline. You just baby something up and, like, make them sure. knife and realize how powerful they are. Do you know what's happening in this story? I have no idea. All right. I have no clue. This, this right. is an honest prediction. Like I've said, historically, this is how it happens this with things This is what Toriyama eggs. would do as a writer. It, it would be. Right. I, you know, I could almost think of, like, something he's already done in the same vein. Sure, sure. From before, but yeah, nice. I can't think of anything right now. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's going to be, the, the like, a major part of it. Okay. The egg's going to hatch. There's just no doubt about it. Okay. Anything else? Well, all right. Well, what else is going on? We have um, we have a, a fight between Goku and Vegeta, right? Yeah, that's kind of the other big thing going on. So I'm going to, I'm just going to put it out there that, that their fight's interrupted. Like they just have to, like, there's no clear winner. All right. Maybe. Cause I mean. You think this is just the story arc of no one wins any fights? I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because All I mean, right. um, and this is kind of relying on memory because I'm just sort of going on. I don't remember anybody dying okay. at this point, but they ended like, like well, so it was already dead. Yeah. Well, true enough. So he can't really die again. But I mean, I don't think there's going to be an end to it. All they're, right. they're just going to have to get interrupted, I guess, because okay. there's already been 3,000 interruptions yes, in this yes, one particular arc. So there you go. There's another one. Um, anything else at all you want to toss out there? Not really. I can't think of anything else really going on. I think on. that's pretty good. 
Yeah, I, mean, I think that's really the only things left to mention. All right. So we will try to get back together next month. Let's see if Maybe. we can do a monthly schedule. I don't know. That'd be we nice. No promises. <laughs> we only have, what, four or five left? <laughs> I I mean, we could do this it's before like 2012. Just not going to end. Yeah. And we'll accuse Jeff of plagiarism at the end. Right. You have to take out my entire <laughs> score and replace me with somebody like cooler or something. We'll go back in and replace Jeff with someone else last minute. It'll be wonderful. The manga review of awesomeness will end with volume 41. And you have to take out the word awesomeness if I leave. That's right. That's right. Sorry. That's my bit. <laughs> All right. So we got a couple last things before we are done here. Um, we're going to skip releases because there's maybe something coming out and then stuff was canceled. So who the hell cares? So let's do an email. Mary, read the email for Jeff. All right, so this I love comes this. to us from Agito Z. Salutations, DiZX crew. First, I have to say I enjoy listening to the podcast every week, especially the manga review of awesomeness. My favorite part is listening to Jeff's thought while reading the story the first time. This had me thinking, Jeff... How has reading the manga changed your opinion towards Dragon Ball so far? I know you still have a couple of volumes to go, but I'll probably forget the question if I don't ask it. Do you consider yourself a Dragon Ball fan? Do you plan to continue with the franchise? Maybe get a couple DVDs or even pop in on the forum? Hmm. Here you have it. Well, actually, on the spot. All right. Well, I have popped in on the forum. You have. It's been a while, but it, it's been a very long while. Yeah. But I, yeah, I check in occasionally just mm-hmm. to see what topics are going around and what the news is. So I'm not completely clueless when we do the news section <laughs> right, when I right. get here. But um, am I considered a fan? Well, I think uh, the way that I would answer that question is well, what here, here's the thing. But go ahead. It's it's kind of almost a job for you in a way. Not that I'm saying you don't enjoy, you don't have fun, right? But you're approaching the series very differently from how the vast majority of new fans. Oh work. yeah, like they'd be excited to. Watch watch the series whereas i'm not being paid <laughs> right, right like but you know I, no. later later <laughs> okay fine no but uh from that perspective anyway regardless like yeah. the way that i would consider myself a fan is if i would see myself doing a video to it honestly mm-hmm. and uh with a series like this one i don't really see myself doing that well you have technically well i didn't do the edit i did the post that's uh, true. production you, did, you did the editing <laughs> so yeah i don't really see myself really that's how you define if you're a fan of a show if you ever consider oh yeah easily but how do you know i guess that gets into well, because hobby stuff around we don't know if we are going to make a video and an idea just hits us that's not necessarily true for me yeah. anyway huh. you know i'll see something and go i really like this i want to do something with it you'll like, force I, an idea yeah because uh i i don't like consuming something and, and not, not getting anything, anything out of it. With it yeah. If you love it. Yeah. I feel like oh. I don't get enough out of it if I don't do something with it. So it's kind of like We're the same so thing different. with music. Like, you know, if I don't tell someone about music I listen to, then it's completely wasted. That's true. I, I know that very well from you. Uh, and it, unfortunately that, that gets um, brought upon the people I work with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like anytime I listen to something, they're the people I talk to. Um, but no, that's, that's pretty much uh, how I judge it is if I want to do something with that with that particular thing. But you're also primarily reading the manga, so making a video to it isn't necessarily the same thing. Well, I think it's more that's a matter of does reading the manga spark any interest in watching the anime? And I can see why it wouldn't. That's a second question. Yeah, where yeah. It's like, yeah, that um, I would say, man, I, you know, I, I'd say, well, I'd watch a, a version of the series without all the filler because that's a lot to sit through. But then I don't want to go through Kai either. <laughs> right. Kai is just its own disaster. So. Yeah. Which which I've been hearing. And I, I watched the first couple episodes. Of yeah, that yeah, yeah totally. I'm done having to watch that or, or, or feeling a need yeah, yeah. to watch that. So, I mean, it, it's tough because 
you know, while I, I, I would like to start it and get a little bit more interest. I mean, this, the manga, I am, I would say I'm a fan of the manga. Okay. But the question was, well, I guess the question wasn't really about the, the anime. It was just general, about the franchise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, about the franchise, I'd say manga. Yeah. I'm definitely a fan of that. The anime, I mean, for what I saw, I don't really blame you. That, I don't blame you. Nothing to all. jump on. But I mean, if, if I had like a clear, consistent timetable to watch uh, yeah. uh from start to finish and not Again, have any gaps 15 years younger infinite free time sure yeah there, that would have been a different story yeah uh and not have not have seen ava then <laughs> that would have been something different too right um we got opposite ends of the spectrum here we've got the shonen fanboy over on this side we've got the ava fanboy over there exactly uh not that i dislike ava oh no total opposite no total of course lover. of course but so would i would i ever do anything like uh, purchase the series or the manga myself. Uh, well, but I don't. You don't need to. I yeah, I don't really see a need. I exist. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm kind of getting at. Sort of like if I needed to see anything or, or read anything, I know who to go to. Right. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, fan of the manga, definitely. The manga is fantastic. Like just very extremely well written, which is completely against what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. It was going to be like. Well, I think that's what the email writer is getting at. Yeah. A little bit there. Well, anyway. well I mean, it's it's if anything, it's like what how does it rank up against my expectations right because i mean even though i know there's millions of fans all over the place that love the stuff yeah yeah doesn't exactly mean i get why they're into it but no plenty of people love nsync and that doesn't mean everyone has to love them right exactly so but what is it that makes them love that certain thing so when reading the manga that's kind of where i saw this is ex- very well written there's such great parts of literature all over the place and the art is actually really amazing yeah yeah so yeah there's definitely some huge huge advantages to um to i guess not forcing yourself but (laughs) but um just getting into it and just sticking with it it sounds like it was worth dipping into for oh absolutely i think that kind of ties in with an article that uh julian your boy jason thompson recently put up over on anime news network uh it's it's a pretty good read it's that kind of stuff why is it a relatively decent series and what are the good points and why do people like it? And that's actually a subject we're going to get into in the future here with a guest. So that'll be fun times. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Thanks for answering an email specifically to you. I, I was it. not expecting that. <laughs> Mary, people have all that stuff where they send it. You can send emails over to podcast at dizx.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at dizx.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash D-A-I-Z-E-X and on Twitter at D-A-I-Z-E-X. That's it. Last thing we're doing this episode, mentioning that contest. We're giving away Daisenshi number four, World Guide. We mentioned it last week. You can learn all about it on the site. Races, locations, tournaments, technology, attack types, all that stuff. It's got a fold-out poster with the character designs. You can win it for free. All you have to do is send us an email, contest at dizex.com, doing a random drawing contest. So just send an email. All the details are on the site, everything you need to know. Entries got to be in by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday, March 18th. So coming up very soon, get those entries in. That was a podcast episode. Julian, great to not only hear from you, but see you. Everything is going well for you over there. Glad to see you come through. Yes, I'm just relieved that everything is normal where we are, but... Obviously, it's going to be a long road back to recovery for the Tohoku region. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're just hoping for the best at this point. What do you recommend people do? I recommend people do is people donate their time and anything they can to charities and to support the recovery effort in Japan as well as possible. All right, Jeff, thanks for joining us for Malaga Review. No problem. We'll see you at some point next month for next volume. Hopefully. 
Good. Thoughts on Lo-Fi? I, um, I said I was going to take the big episode. I was going to say, you have the editing tools. You have the, we'll get the source audio. We'll get it out we'll there. We'll see. Yep. Uh, Mary, thank you for joining us as well. Yep. No we'll problem. We'll see you next week. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Julian, we will probably not see you on the show next week, but we'll catch up with you very soon after that. So thank you for joining us this week. All right. It's my pleasure. Next week, Heath and Corey will be here. We'll do a local recording. What the hell just happened to Dragon Ball Kai? That's going to be full of numbers, full of... I can't wait because it's just such a bizarre situation. So look forward to that. Daizen Chewiex is www.daizex.com. That's all I got to say right now. Julian, wrap it up, dude. Thank you for listening to Daizen EX, the podcast. We hope to have you back next week to listen to more. And don't forget to contribute to the recovery in Japan. And recording now. That means we have a new cast member. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I wouldn't mind if she's on the cast. Would you? Translator in training. <laughs> She'll be our cute mascot. She's been on before. I think there's been a cry. In oh, the really? Background. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, ah! The time where I sat on one of her toys. This is Dies and UBX, the podcast, episode 251 for the, for the, for the words. <laughs> for the what? In addition, we are proceeding with a swift investigation. <laughs> Bless you.